Welcome to the Travel Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 15th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Before we bring on today's guest, a quick note, the Destination Weddings and Honeymoons Expo is tomorrow, February 16th, and Thursday, February 17th, both from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register at virtualtravelevents.com and attend for a chance to win prizes like free resort stays around the Caribbean. Who doesn't love prizes? Free. Am I right? I know I do. But hey, let's bring on today's guest, shall we? And now joining me on the show today is Crystal Aziz, Director of Operations at Modern Travel Works. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Eric, thank you so much for the opportunity to be um, here to speak with you and to talk about everything that we love in regards to travel. Uh, My name is Crystal Aziz. Like Eric mentioned, I am the Director of Operations at Modern Travel Works. I started straight out of college at Modern and have been with the company for five years now and worked my way up. Um, So I love anything travel related. I'm a world traveler. I've visited 31 countries so far and still counting. Um, I'm originally born and raised in New York, but now live in Houston, Texas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining, Crystal. I really appreciate it. So Crystal and I are going to talk about the top new trends taking over travel in 2022 um, later up in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with some big cruise news. Um, A lot has happened in the cruise sector over the last week. So I'm just going to run through the news real quick um, and then we'll offer up some thoughts on it. Uh, We begin with the CDC updated its guidelines and travel health notice for the cruise industry. Cruise lines have until February 18th to opt into or out of the operational pro- optional program, excuse me, which replaced the conditional sailing order that had expired on January 15th. This optional coronavirus program adds a new vaccination status tier that gives cruise lines offering voyages with fully vaccinated crew members and passengers new options, including highly vaccinated, not highly vaccinated, and vaccination standard of excellence level. So those are different levels there, and uh, passengers who come close uh, and close contact with people who have tested positive for coronavirus on ships um, now must quarantine at least five days after their last exposure instead of the previously mandated 10 days. So while these changes are optional, cruise lines must share their vaccination status with each ship with the CDC, which will be posted on the agency's website along with each vessel's color status. The Cruise Lines International Association, which represents majority of the cruise lines around the world, they were not a fan of this, saying, quote, regrettably, upon initial review, The latest CDC guidance appears out of step with the actual public health conditions on cruise ships and unnecessary in light of societal trends away from the more restrictive measures, end quote. So not a surprise there that they would come out with that, but government officials did say that they would reevaluate the guidance based on public health conditions and available scientific evidence by March 18th and update as needed. Um, Interesting day there. That's actually the day that the mask mandate is uh, supposed to expire, but on, on federal transportation. So we'll see. If that coincides with anything, could be a massive day in travel as of, of uh, better restrictions, uh, uh, easier, easy restrictions lifting. So we'll, we'll, we'll see um, in a month from now what we get from that. Uh, meanwhile, though, several cruise lines did announce that they will begin relaxing mask policies for vaccinated guests. Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Regent, Oceana all adjusted. And uh, Royal Caribbean and Carnival actually are now uh, just announced yesterday. The uh, They're allowing smoking back in their casinos. And additionally, wrapping up uh, the busy week that was cruise stuff, um, cruise planners came out and they said that their cruise bookings are picking up steam and bookings for the second half of 2022 have been 37% higher 
than in 2019. So Crystal, it's been a wild ride for the cruise industry. I mean, a lot just to unpack there just in, in the last week there, but it's, you know, it's certainly encouraging to see bookings are picking back up and some restrictions are being loosened, even though we do have this new tier status and everything. So I know you recently went on a, on a cruise. How was that experience? Yes, I went on a carnival cruise for New Year's and got to visit um, Honduras, Belize, and uh, Cozumel. I will say that they did have us wearing our masks throughout the ship and, of course, in all the eating areas. But um, coming back into the U.S. was a very seamless process. All they did was a temperature check and were able to come back into the States versus, you know, air travel. You have to take a COVID test within 24 hours, get your results, make sure someone checks it before you can board the plane. Um, So it it was an awesome process. You know, of course, we got to respect the different countries' protocols, which was, um, you know, wearing a mask the entire time that you're on the trip, of course, unless you're in the water uh, when you're exploring the countries. But other than that, it was a very smooth process. Yeah, I've been on a few cruises and I'm looking forward to coming up uh, cruising again in 2022 and seeing how it compares, you know, this spring or summer compared to before. But it it does appear that we are, you know, inching closer and closer to fewer restrictions in place for cruise travel and really all all of travel in general, too, is we'll touch on in destinations as there's been some updates on that front people loosening restrictions, which is, is good to see. But, you know, I will say cruises, I think it's been the safest way to travel uh, due to their protocols in place, um, where one area that doesn't quite have that level of vaccination requirements as cruising is the hotels and resorts sector, which is, you know, fluctuating and depends on, you know, where you go. Some some of the areas in the hospitality industry are doing better than others. But uh, in general, overall, the hotel industry, as we segue into hotel news for this week, uh, STR data showed that the industry is rec- is uh, uh, trending up in their recovery. It's still not pre-pandemic levels, as the U.S. only reached 52% of its gross operating profit per available room when compared to 2019 levels, but weekly average daily rates and occupancy are gaining momentum compared to this time um, comparing to 2019 levels, obviously, is the, the only time that you really can compare to right now, given, you know, everything that's happened over the last two years. But uh, Crystal, I mean, you deal a lot with hotels. Uh, what are you seeing in the hotel industry right now? Are the all-inclusives kind of dominating the scene as we've seen a little bit? Is anything else picking up? Are prices rising like crazy? So uh, just give us your take on uh, the pulse of the hotel industry. Uh, 2022 is definitely going to be a great year for travel. Um, at Modern Travel Works, we actually specialize in destination weddings. So a lot of our bookings are booked in a advance uh, but we've seen a huge push of families coming back to us our past clients from years ago reaching out to do a lot of leisure trip because trips because they've been stuck in the house obviously for the past uh, few years um, so it is lined up to be amazing I would say my best advice right now for the industry anyone looking to travel is to book in advance because the prices are higher than I've ever seen before. And the thing is the occupancies are being filled. So I don't see that pricing going down at all. Um, Travel is here to stay and it's going to continue to rise, right? So you want to book at least anywhere six months in advance. You don't run into inventory issues or rates being outrageously high uh, to where you can't afford the trip. Um, We are excited, you know, for this year. Like I said, it's just stacked um, with more people wanting to travel than ever. And all-inclusive is dominating. As you know, food, drinks, alcohol, all part of your trip before you guys even get down there. So everyone loves to hear that. And I would definitely say it's taken a lot of market share from cruising, um, river cruises, uh, any type of regular Airbnb travel, just because of that type of experience that people really want to relax on their vacation. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The all-inclusives, it's no surprise that they're going to continue to dominate as well. And you're already seeing that on your end in terms of bookings from what your clients are interested in too. And uh, 
as far as international goes, that's where a lot of the, you know, uh, clientele wants to get, get to right now is, is an easy vacation and restrictions kind of limit things over for internet uh, overseas for Europe. And then obviously Asia is still, you know, lagging way behind in their opening reopening process compared to other countries. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely going to take some time for a full global recovery. But, you know, just for the U.S., the the American Hotel and Lodging Association did predict that they think that the U.S. hotel industry at least will take until 2025 to recover to pre-pandemic levels, which is a, a bit later than I uh, expected or have really seen elsewhere. So that was kind of a new one this past week. Um, this is largely due to business travel not really returning to full strength for a while in their eyes. And that's you know, not a surprise. Everyone is kind of shifting how they do work and especially the business travel sector. I mean, I think meetings are slowly starting to pick back up and we're going to get those. But we do know that uh, Mexico and the Caribbean are going to be bouncing back to pre-pandemic levels before any other place in the world. They've been doing much better because of the restrictions in place and the ease of uh, protocols in terms of social distancing and, and all that as far as uh, some of those resorts. And then obviously some places like Mexico, obviously, is very easy to get into. There's no restrictions and same with some other um, islands around that region, which kind of segues us over into the destination news and what's been trending in the last week. Um, we'll jump right into uh, the big news that just broke basically like an hour and a half ago, 90 minutes from when we started recording here. Uh, Canada is going to ease entry for fully vaccinated international travelers starting on February 28th. You'll no longer be required to take a PCR test. Instead, you'll be able to take a rap uh, cheaper and faster rapid antigen test if you have access to that. If you don't get can't get access to a PCR one, um, and you need to do it in a maximum of 24 hours prior to entering. Uh, and all this is because cases are declining, which makes me wonder if the CDC will change its travel level for Canada at all. I don't know. Uh, but the CDC did add several more destinations to their level four high risk. And now we're well over half the world is now at a high travel risk, according to the CDC. So Crystal, I'm sure you get, he see these a lot and they, I'm, I don't know if your clients ask too much about these, but what, what do you make of this and the, this, the new CDC advisories that keep popping up all the time now? Yeah, we've been living with this for quite a while now, um, and I always try to advise my clients that, you know, safe travel is the best travel, right? If you want to get vaccinated and you can't do that, you know, you can travel to certain destinations under their protocols and whatnot. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine, too. We can send you to a destination that doesn't have it. Um, one thing to note, though, that I know that everyone may hear it's a little scary when you say level four or, um, you know, so half the world being at level four, but also think that the U.S. is actually part of that level four, too. So if you are able to move around in your in your own country and you feel safe and you feel fine, it's actually going to feel like that whenever you're traveling to these other different countries, too. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's um, I always say use a travel advisor to help guide you in that. And in terms of what the advisories actually are, where the safe places are, if you're if you don't feel comfortable traveling to a certain spot, an advisor can recommend an additional place that kind of could be similar to what you want as your vacation. So that's always my go-to tip is use an advisor when it comes to these uh, CDC advisories or U.S. State Department advisories. Again, they're recommendations. They're not mandatory guidance there. So that's why I would say work with an advisor. And yeah, people want to know if it's it's safe to go to places, which kind of segues us into what... Um, uh, over to Mexico, and they just announced that the Mexican military is going to handle security at Cancun and Cozumel airports, which, you know, kind of raises a flag there a bit when you see that the military is taking over security. But in reality, you know, I mean, you send a lot of clients to Mexico and Cancun, I'm, I'm sure. So how, how much does the topic of safety come up from those clients? Do they do they report back to anything to you when they come back? Um, how, how safe they feel or anything like that? 
Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think Mexico takes um, the level of security very serious for not only all the tourists coming into the country, but also just for their locals. So I think this move is actually a great move for the country and just for especially Cancun, um, knowing that the level of people looking out after you is going to be a, on a military grade, right, of course, uh, which is awesome. I do know that, you know, our clients have asked questions, you know, what are the resort doing to to um, secure anyone staying there and anyone that goes onto a property, you know that you have to actually go through security at check-in. They write down your driver's name. Your name has to be on the room for you to get in at night. You know, the beach always has someone patrolling um, the resort and the entrance on there. Uh, so they take it very serious. You know, they um, love that they can get tours from all over the world. They want to keep that going for Mexico. And I have faith that, you know, Crime has no address. It doesn't really matter where you are in the world. You just want to make sure you're not doing anything crazy and uh, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And people, they, they're they not really afraid to travel. That's for sure. As we, we've seen, you know, obviously it's not the exact same numbers pre-pandemic wise, but I mean, it's steadily rising in terms of uh, travel through the U.S. and internationally as the uh, Global Rescue Traveler Sentiment and Safety Survey, they found out that international travel is surging amongst the most experienced travelers out there, which is not a huge surprise given that the, the focus of this survey and everything was on their most experienced travelers. But as restrictions loosen, you know, those casual travelers out there or those new to travel that don't really do too much, but, you know, have been have a lot of pent up demand or wanderlust building up over the last two years. And maybe they've never been across uh, the pond or anything like that. And maybe they want to get now because they've been forced uh, to stay home, so to speak, over the last uh, two years here. But they might begin feeling more comfortable booking trips, you know, once these restrictions do loosen. Um, and I'm not surprised that we'll see, you know, an international travel surge uh, bounce back, you know, once once you get those uh, borders open and, you know, makes it a little easier to travel, especially, you know, in terms of what you have to do for vaccination rules or testing rules. And because not some people still just don't want to get tested before they have to go travel anywhere. And that's where we're at. But, you know, one destination that in the U.S. that's benefited because of the international restrictions in place around the world is Hawaii. And they did announce that last week that they're not going to require booster shots for travel after all. That was uh, kind of up in the air whether they would re make it a, a requirement in terms of their vaccination uh, pass to be able to enter. And you thought they were going to have to have to have a booster in, but they uh, changed that and they went away from that. And they all did also announce their um, tourism authority announced that they are trying to transform how visitors think of vacation into the islands and having more responsible travelers come in. And uh, they're, they're bound to see uh, um, a huge boom in tourists. They already have a bit and it's going to continue to rise, I think, Crystal. But, you know, they want the responsible travelers. So how challenging do you think that'll be for them? Um, I think they'll lay down the rules that they need to to keep everyone safe, uh, you know, on the islands uh, there. I think that you're right in that it's going to trend upwards just because of the passport requirement. Right. Some people don't want to go international because they don't have their passport or it's just taking 10, 14 weeks to get a new passport that they're just forget it. We'll just go local if we can go to Hawaii. Um, so you're definitely spot on that. Um, we will see a lot more travelers going to Hawaii. Yeah. And just in terms of what they want, you know, they, they want that responsible and uh, they're, they're putting a focus more on sustainability and more about, you know, travel uh, Hawaii being home and to treat it as a home. So they've been pretty strict throughout this entire pandemic. So I tip my cap to them for, for, staying through to that. And I know it's going to be a bit of a challenge in terms of, you know, restructuring that how people view their trip to Hawaii, but I do think it's attainable. And I, I really wish them all the best in that pursuit. And I hope that travelers and, and really travel advisors out there listening, if you're going to send your clients to Hawaii, you need to 
make sure that they know that, you know, this is what they're pushing for. This is what they're trying to trying to do in terms of uh, being a responsible traveler, making sure you take care of the island while you're there and, and treat it as your home too. So that uh, that wraps up what has been trending in travel in the last week. A lot going on, some stuff that we didn't get to as well. So any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump into kind of the theme of this week's show on the new trends taking over travel. So first up, Crystal, what are some of the biggest trends that you are seeing in travel right now? Two words, TikTok. You know, whatever is on TikTok. Is it TikTok, two or is it I, one? It, I don't actually know, but yeah, continue. <laughs> it might be one. I don't even know. I don't have one myself. That's what it is. So if it's one or two, it's TikTok, guys. Uh, that is definitely setting a big influence on travel. You know, um, an example would be Tulum. I felt like over the past year, there's been so many videos of Tulum going viral, of the jungle atmosphere, you know, maybe the small um, hotels that they have there that are just very artsy, the EDM festivals that they have in the middle of the jungle or on the beach have been a huge influence to people coming to us and saying, hey, I want to go to Tulum. Hey, I saw this video. Do you know where this is? I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten like that before. Um, So it is um, definitely setting a stage for marketing. One, for anyone listening, if you can get on TikTok and you have a destination that you want to share for people to really go and visit and learn about, um, I would definitely do that. Um, Also, we're seeing that a lot of people want to travel in groups, you know, Um, Not only weddings, but just like couples before used to be like, hey, me and my wife want to go somewhere or me and my husband want to go somewhere. And then that's it. But now we're seeing that they want to invite their 10 other friends that are couples to join them. And now it's like a big group uh, romantic trip or uh, they want to do a friends group, a girls getaway and they want to do a yacht as an excursion for that picture perfect moment. Uh, Those are the big two things that I see. Um that I haven't really seen before, but is huge right now. Yeah, it's interesting with the, with the TikTok segment there because that is, you know, that blew up in 2020 and it's still going strong as a very, very popular social media app. Um, I've I've got it downloaded. I've, I've done, you know, I've scrolled through and everything. And I have seen some travel ones. There There is more than just, you know, people dancing and doing d- different TikTok trends. You know, there are a lot of, as you said, you know, people gaining inspiration for, for travel there. So it's definitely something that people should look into if they haven't before and, you know, pursue some sort of aspect on there. You know, it could be good for advisors to, to jump on there and try to garner new business. It's something to experiment with for sure because I still think that TikTok doesn't exactly know what it fully is yet. I mean, it is very new uh, in the social media game compared to, you know, your um, Instagrams and Facebook. I almost said MySpace, which I'm dating, my, <laughs> I'm dating myself here. But um, yeah, so that's th- those are, that's a, a, an obvious big one that is really come onto the scene. And um, we also just had some uh, data come out from Virtuoso uh, literally yesterday. It was great timing for, for what you and I are going to talk about in these new trends taking over. And it, it, it coincides with, you know, what I've already seen too about going big and spending big. Um, Virtuoso's data said that the 85% of their travelers are now in a ready-to-travel mindset, which is great for the industry. And obviously, going big and spending big is happening. The ultra-luxe travel is at the top of a lot of travelers' lists, you know, from safaris in Africa to, you know, renting out entire resorts or whatever, entire blocks of villas in uh, the Caribbean and things like that. And, you know, what you said about the group travel is really interesting because I think that that kind of marries with uh, celebration travel, whether those groups are, you know, celebrating someone, you know, one person's event, uh, birthday or, you know, anniversary or anything like that, that, you know, you know, with the multi-generation people too, whether it's, you know, your, your groups of your family, a large family gathering to groups or 
the groups of, of friends getting together. Cause I know I talked with my friends about like, man, I, I miss you guys. I haven't connected in a while. It'd be great to catch up and like, well, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's try to figure something out. So I think you're definitely seeing that. And I, I don't think that that's going to go away at all in 2022 and, and beyond. So the, the celebration travel is uh, for sure huge out there, which is, which is good for the industry. You know, more people booking at one time. That's good for advisors too. If you can snag those groups and uh, get higher commissions, right? Yes. Yes. We all love the big groups. I'm even going on a friend's group um, trip myself. We booked it this week. We're going to breathless soul Cancun. Um, so I am part of those stats on groups booking this year. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And another one is uh, sustainability. Yeah, Virtuoso <laughs> talked about the, the conscious traveler mindset and I don't, I don't know about on your end, or do you get a lot of clients that talk about like, at least when they travel or do they, do they question about, you know, is something sustainable? Is it more, is it eco-friendly want to go to certain properties? I mean, cause a lot of properties are trying to up their sustainability efforts and which is great for the industry, but you know, is it all hearsay or is it, you know, or do clients even care kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't want to talk for the whole industry, but personally we haven't right. seen that on my end, you know, of people saying, hey, I only want to go to an eco-friendly property. What we've seen is it more on the back end. So we send them to, you know, amazing properties that are already taking those steps to be eco-friendly. And then we hear it on the feedback um, back from the customer saying, oh, I really like that they had paper straws, or I really like that they took away the tissues in the restroom and it's like air dryers now you know little things we just hear it on the back end but we're proud to be partnered with all these resorts that they're staying ahead of the game before it's too late to to switch over to being eco-friendly interesting yeah i think that's what it's gonna have to happen it's got to be on the supplier end i mean certainly you can try to push for the consumer to get out there and make sure that they are more eco-friendly conscious but when it boils down to it what we've seen you know the last five, 10, 20 years, it's not really the mindset a lot of people are going to have. So it's going to have to be on the supplier side in terms of the sustainability. But it's nice to see the Virtuoso has got their data and, you know, they make billions of dollars, billions of dollars of transactions. So it's good to see that, you know, they're seeing that on, on their their side of what's trending. So that's a positive sign. But in terms of bookings and uh, uh, booking habits and behaviors, how much of you've seen the pandemic has impacted um, in that regard? In the booking phase, I would say probably the biggest thing is people are really more open to insurance. Um, I think anyone pre-COVID was just skip over that part where it talks about insurance or protecting your trip and nobody really cared about it. Uh, But I think now, you know, customers will call us, get us on the phone, email us all their questions in regards to, hey, does this insurance cover this? Hey, what happens here? What happens there? So it's very important that suppliers have a good insurance and that the travel advisors are knowledgeable on what that insurance does, because it is something that's being sold um, to consumers. I know our insurance attachment rates have gone up at least 25%, you know, um, so it has been very huge for us and our customer base. Yeah, not surprising at all, because that, you nobody wants to be left, you know, out to dry. And we saw a lot of horror stories in 2020 about people being stuck and people not getting their money back and all that. So yeah, that is definitely a huge trend that it's going to, I think, stay for the long haul here. People have got to make sure that they are covered and that they're insured in case uh, something bad goes wrong. And um, and that's why I always say to work with an advisor too, because they're going to have your back. And instead of, you know, calling up your uh, robot <laughs> that is, uh, you know, going to handle things and make you be on hold or whatever, you can have an advisor handle that for you. So yes, insurance is definite must. Um, spending is another, you know, it, it's, it's up because, 
because it kind of has to be because prices are rising, you know, but I think there are a lot of, you know, your more affluent travelers out there are, they're spending higher than they used to in the past. So that's, you know, a little bit of what we talked about on last week's show, the rising cost of travel, but, you know, new data from Virtuoso that uh, just dropped yesterday that I was mentioning, uh, they did show that uh, they are saying that future hotel rates are up 54% internationally and as much as 80% within the U.S., while airfares for this spring are up 19% over 2019. So, yeah, prices are rising, but, you know, people are spending more. Are you seeing people spending more too? Oh, yes, of course. Um, I think that um, they've had a little time to kind of save up some money in the bank and they want to use it, uh, that money on experiences and making it as grand as possible, um, especially like we mentioned in the groups. They have everybody around them. Why not put all their money together and make it uh, the best experience that they can? I 100% agree. In terms of trending destinations, though, as we move here, uh, beyond the obvious one of Mexico, because we know it's been steadily trending since they were able to reopen from the 2020 lockdown, a brief lockdown that they had. But um, yeah, besides besides Mexico, what destinations do you see are trending the most for 2022 right now? Uh, I think the hottest growing destination that I've seen is the Dominican Republic. And it's really because um, the president, I don't know if you guys know, but his backstory, he comes from a hotel background. So he knew that for him to be able to keep tourism within the company, I mean, the country, they had to go ahead and vaccinate all their citizens that are working in that tourist uh, industry. And they put a big focus on that when the borders were pretty much closed and they had limitations on who could come in. And then once they got to a very high percentage, they opened it up. And now, um, you know, U.S. citizens, they can travel to the Dominican without getting tested. Of course, they got to get tested to come back within 24 hours as of right now. But that is what's going to help with bringing more business back into the Dominican. And we've already seen people saying, oh, everyone's going to Mexico. Everyone's posting pictures in Mexico. I want to go somewhere else. Somewhere. And, but we don't want to spend money on testing right now. And so the Dominican is your answer. There you go. Yeah, I'm not surprised on that front. Um, as for Europe, I, I've, what I've seen and talked to other advisors out there, Italy is a big one that, that's kind of bouncing back. And I think Ireland, England, and France uh, will see a good boost this year, too, as they just recently re, uh, relaxed uh, restrictions there. So they definitely need that in their industry. And then Costa Rica is another one that is, certainly has potential to rise up, uh, given the mm. ease of entry there as well, just like they have a similar um non-rules if you will you know like mexico and the dr have so costa rica's got potential there but you know it's it's a, a lot of people are gravitating to the caribbean but people shouldn't you know rule out costa rica as an option uh just because it is a little bit further for for some but mm-hmm. yeah that's um as we wrap up um the podcast here thank you crystal i just have one last question for you what is your advice to fellow travel advisors out there booking clients right now Um, I would say continue to inspire, you know, that's what your job is as a travel advisor. There's so much news that people can find here and there, but as an advisor, you have those personal experiences you can share. You know so much about these countries and their cultures that it's important to just share that before they even get into destination so that the clients can appreciate the experience more. They can be more conscious of where they're going and um, how they need to behave whenever they're in these different cultures. Um, but at the end of the day, we're just making the world a better place by advising people and inspiring them to see all the beautiful places in the world. Love it. Thank you so much, Crystal. Uh, tell our listeners how they can uh, follow you on social media, get in touch with you or whatever. Plug plug whatever you want. Go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, the company's Instagram is going to be Modern Travel Works um, and Modern Destination Weddings. You can find us on both different those handles on Facebook and Instagram. My personal handle is going to be the.aziz.passport on Instagram. 
So if you want to see me adding more countries onto my list, go ahead and follow me there or on Facebook at uh, Crystal Aziz. Excellent. Thanks, Crystal. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Eric, for the opportunity. We appreciate you so much. That wraps up this week's show. Thanks again to Crystal for jumping on and talking new trends, taking over travel, as well as the trending news stories of the week. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email. If you'd like to be on the show in the future, drop me a line. Let me know what you're all about, and we can see if we can work you in there. No show next week as I will be doing some traveling. I will be at the Star Wars Galactica Cruiser Hotel Experience. Uh, and then some media preview there is... I would do an on-location one from there, but all the content is embargoed until a few days later because it doesn't actually open to the public for March until March 1st. So uh, no show next week as I will be locked and loaded into a full immersive Star Wars experience, which I'm really excited about. And then coming up after that, I will be in a Riviera Maya, Mexico. So that'll be the next show is on location in Mexico, which I'm very much looking forward to getting out there and traveling again. I hope you got some trips coming up too. Drop me a line. Let me know where, thoughts, comments, whatever. If you've been enjoying this show, I'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. 